And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me, I have Beth from Made for Movie TV Podcast. Hello to everyone, Beth. Hi, everyone. Hi, John. Thanks for having me back. You're welcome. It's been a while. It's been a minute since we actually had a chance to sit down and review a film. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's a privilege to be able to review this film. This is actually one of my favorites. It is one of my favorites, too. And I was thinking today, I was thinking, gosh, would they even make would they even make Doc Hollywood today? I feel like it was the precursor for all Hallmark movie movies. <laughs> to be honest with you, I think that we're safe with Doc Hollywood pretty much. I think this movie can still be made. There's nothing in this film where I feel like, you know, this movie can be canceled or anything like that. I feel like this movie is a very heartwarming one, but I do feel like if this was done today, it would have been a hard R because of the simple fact is you have some nudity in it. Yeah. You have, of course, Michael J. Fox dropping one F-bomb, but he's allowed one F-bomb, so it might still land for the PG-13 kind of-ish, but not really. But still, he's allowed at least one F-bomb in a PG-13 movie for it to be PG-13. If you have another F-bomb, you're, that's rated R. So, See, now my, my podcast would be rated R then. Oh, wait, it is. We yeah. explicit. <laughs> oh, rated MA, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't think I've dropped an F-bomb on your show. I apologize no. if I do. <laughs> I apologize that you didn't, but you know. <laughs> but you know, it's just a pleasure to have you here. And of course, guys, this is going to be from 1991, starring J- Michael J. Fox. And if you guys don't know what this movie's about, I'll tell you about that in a minute. But this movie only had a budget of $20 million. It made a uh, box office during that time $54.8 million which didn't really do that well, even if you take a third away from that because of the fact that you take a third of it and it goes to the box office and the rest goes to the movie theaters and that's it. So therefore, it didn't even make its money back at all. No, not in the run. I mean, it may have made more money back when it went to uh, I guess we called it VHS back then. (laughs) I was trying to think of like dead, but then I was like doing the math in my head and there was definitely... um, it definitely would have gone to VHS. And I know that it's been on cable TV because I actually saw it. Now, when I watched it for us to talk about it today, I watched it on um, Amazon or Netflix or something. But I, I have seen it with commercials. But that gave me the idea to do the movie because I was like, oh, I forgot how much I love this movie. <laughs> this movie is heartwarming. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, but in case anybody doesn't know, it's about... This um, it's got Michael J. Fox, like we mentioned before, and his name is actually Alex Stone. And having complicated his medical residency in Washington D.C. hospital, Benjamin, uh, which is Ben Stone, drives to Beverly Hills for a job interview with noted plastic surgeon Dr. Haberstorm. While passing through Grady, South Carolina, Ben crashes into a fence to avoid a hitting a cow. So. <laughs> This is actually going to be taking place in a small town setting, which kind of reminds me of my small town, believe it or not, because my town is just like this. But Michael J. Fox is trying to avoid hitting a cow. Of course, he's also thinking that he's this Hollywood hotshot, though, too, coming out of Washington Medical School. And he's thinking that he's this big shot doctor. He's going to make thousands of dollars. People are just going to love him and, and be, mag- you know, basically be magnetic to him because of the stuff that he can do because he came from Washington going into Hollywood. So he has a big ego about him. He does. And we, you see in the opening scene where he's like on his last day, people don't really seem 
to like him. Like nobody made a big deal about the fact that he was leaving, except they seemed to be happy he was going. You know what I mean? So I think that that kind of shows that like he's kind of a douche canoe there. But then when he hits, Definitely. and then he gets mad when he hits the, um, when he totals his car, which of course he's going to, because the car is beautiful. Um, but he's still, he's kind of a douche and it's his own fault. Right. But he doesn't see it as his own fault at all because of the no. fact that he's blaming everything else besides his own self. Because he goes, well, if it was for the cow in the middle of the road and these people walking their cow or whatever, I would not have hit the fence. And then he's also telling the guy, look, it's not going to be a problem. I'll go on ahead. We can strain this out with my insurance money and everything. I'm sure they'll build you a new fence. But they, here's the thing about small town people. They take pride in the things that they build. So... He's, and that's what the uh, judge winds up telling him. But of course, he doesn't know that's the judge that he actually hit the fence post on. But he, the judge is like, he tells him, he goes, what, what, what's the insurance going to do? He goes, I can't, you can't put money on a fence that I made myself. And that's how you know that Ben is no longer in Kansas anymore, no longer in Washington anymore. <laughs> because of the fact that he, they, these people cannot be bought or anything like that. They're stuck in their own ways. They're very self-independent and don't ask for help from anybody. And the way they go about charging people for different things is through trade, which I find very interesting about this. So that's something else, too, that's very different from Ben's uh, perspective. Because he thinks, okay, well, I'll just go ahead, slide in a couple of dollars and everything and just go about my way. No. In this town, they make you work your uh, debts off through hard labor whether it's trying to save a pig or it's through trying to come up with um, money for a car. Yeah. Like that too. So there's different ways of him getting the parts for the car and different ways of going about doing business in the small town. But what did you think of all that? <laughs> well, I think I totally agree with you. I think, I think that, um, I think the townspeople, I mean, the, one thing I really liked about this movie, and I think, so now I'm from a very small town, a very far, small town that has had a farming community. It still does. But um, the, so I, I totally get like the whole cow thing. And we actually lived in a house and we moved away from that neighborhood a few years ago. But there we had cows behind us. We still kind of do. And they'd get away in the neighborhood and everybody would go running to catch them. And it was funny and it was fun. But I think that one thing I really liked about how they wrote these characters were they were just like amused by Ben when he hit that fence and he's freaking out and yelling at everybody. And they're just kind of like, eh. I mean, I know the judge is upset about his fence, but he's still he's still pretty amused. And I think I think that really plays off of Ben because he's he's such a jerk, like in the very beginning that right. you really have to like play that hard so that you can make it softer. And and I that's why I thought that was such a funny little scene with the judge and the fence and it it was it it's really lovely and you get a feel and I think maybe John maybe that we do sort of have a feel for this town because we're from small towns and I love right. that but the characters are so well written that they're very distinct each one of them it's not like you have this whole town full of the same person right and they, these characters are very relatable in some way or another you might actually be in a small town to where you can actually relate to these characters in some way and that's actually why it's connected and resonated with me so much cuz i'm able to relate to these characters because i still live in my small town that i grew up in so 
and this small town also feels like the town I grew up in. But then, you know, of course, the judge winds up telling him, hey, look, you have to do 32 hours of community service at the town's medical clinic. And then Mayor Nick, Nick Nicholson and a receptionist committee, Great Ben, hoping to hire him to replace Dr. Uh, Hugh, Hugh, Hugo, I believe, or huge. Or Hugh, yeah, or Hogue, but, Hogue, maybe? Was it Hogue? Think, Dr. Hogue? I think it was Something Hogue. like that. Something like but, that. Then Ben is taken back a minute. He goes, wait, you guys already have a doctor. Why are you coming to me? I'm just here to do my 32 hours and go about my business and fix up my car. That's all I care about. I don't care about this town. I don't care about you. I just want to do my time and get out. Right. And he's like, well, you know, the doc is not, is not, is climbing up in age. He's not going to be here for long. So we need a new doctor. And they think that Ben is actually the person. He goes, well, I don't even like this town. Yeah, but the town can also grow on you, though, too. Yeah, I like that little catch that he that they wind up doing. Yeah, and I like how Nick Nicholson. Now, I don't know if you remember or if you ever watched MASH, but he played Major Charles Winchester, obviously. I mean, so everybody knew him back then. People may not recognize him as much today if you don't watch MASH. But Nick, he Nicholson, he's just like, yep, you're staying. You know, his attitude is, it's so, I love him. He's one of my favorite characters in this because he's just like, yeah, you're here. I know they're going to grow on you. You're going to end up staying and, you know, hey, we're going to have this sweet potato festival and it's going to be great. Right. So, um, so just buckle up and, you know, I'll show you where the cabin is. And I just, I loved him. I thought he had some great lines. I think so too. He had some great lines as well. And then of course, when he goes up to the cabin, he goes, wait, why can't I just stay in a hotel? You don't want to stay in a hotel. You want to be over here. You want to be where... You know, where it's peace and quiet. You don't have to worry about people coming in and out. Plus, this used to belong to somebody else, and they moved and everything. So now you're going to be the one who stays here for a while. Yeah, so, and, I, and I love it when they, he takes them to the cabin and the three ladies are in there, the three elderly ladies, and they're all bringing dinner. And he's like, well, one of them's horny, but I'm not going to tell you which tell you one. Which one. <laughs> I think that's my favorite line from the movie. <laughs> and then, and also, too, what the women are bringing him is – is like, well, guess what we got? One person has like a TV dinner, which is uh, <laughs> um, Hungry Man. Yeah, hungry man like, dinner. I can't cook. <laughs> I can't cook. It was like they were being on like a dating, uh, on, on some type of dating show and everything. Okay, <laughs> what do you have next for your, for your next plate so I can choose you? But I like how he goes, one of them is horny, but I'm not going to tell you which one. <laughs> But I love it. I love it that line. It was so funny. That was like my favorite line of the whole movie, I think. I think that had to be it. I Every time I see that, I laugh because it's just so funny. It's like just it's so unexpectedly funny. But yeah, that is definitely funny. And then also, too, you also have this other thing that's happening with the porch with the sp- uh, is being repaired as well. And, and they make it look like that they don't know what they're doing, these mechanics. It's like, well, what's this for? <laughs> and they're like, I don't know. What's that? He goes, that's it. You're not doing. You're not fixing my car. That's it. You don't know anything about anything about my Porsche. You don't know anything. How about this? I'll just go on ahead. I'll pay for the shipping, and we can ship it up to uh, Beverly Hills and be done with it. That way, you guys don't have to worry with it. Because no, we got it. We we can do this. Don't worry about it. And so he winds up leaving it with the mechanic, anyways, even though he's hesitantly about doing it in the first place which I thought was really funny about how they're doing stuff with the parts and stuff like that. That was even better. Um, but yeah, I thought the humor in that scene actually works. 
Oh yeah, I think I think the humor actually is really consistently funny. It's it surprises me a little that the movie didn't do better because it is a really funny movie. I mean, and even even today I think it's still really relatable because there's nothing like super out of the out of what would the norm of what would happen today except for maybe, you know, it might be easier to get out of town or take your car from one place to another, but even still in a small town it still would be a, a pain to to try and get your car, your wrecked car from one place to another, because you still have to find someone to do it. Right. So, because unless you live in that town, that's the only way they would know who to go to. Because even with me being in a small town, there's certain, um, all we have is like a circle D uh, place to fix something up at. We have uh, other ways of fixing stuff up. We have maybe two mechanics that are licensed mechanics. All the rest are shade tree mechanics. Yeah. So yeah, it's very relatable. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's how it was in when in the town I grew up in. So, I, um, I think there were today. There's probably like six thousand people. I think there were maybe two thousand back then, and we had. I think there were two service stations that had um, that had mechanics at them that you would take them. And there was a dealership, but it was in a different town. So I guess you could have taken your car there, but we, we never did. Now, however, my dad knew his way around cars, so we never took our cars, and he fixed them all by himself. Okay. So, you know, in the driveway, like everybody else did back then, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> he just right. would get under it in the driveway, uh, although he he would <laughs> he would be under the car smoking cigarettes because my dad always had a cigarette lid, <laughs> which, you know, not recommended. <laughs> Well, you know, I think that's how Ben felt, though, too. It was like, these guys don't have any idea what they're doing. And then Ben tends to his patients and flirts with the ambulance driver, Viola, better known as Lou, a single mother of four, of a four-year-old daughter, local insurance agent Hank Gordon also courts Lou, while Nancy Lee, the mayor's daughter, pursues Ben. And so, then we have, so we have Woody Harrelson, famously from Cheers, and a lot of other movies from the 90s. He was... uh Oh gosh! Now I'm trying to think of the one with um, Born Bad with Juliet Lewis. What was the name of that movie? Um, oh, I can't remember. Uh, Natural Born Killers, and then Bridget Fonda. Of course, she was a very, very, very famous back in the '90s. My favorite movie she did was Single White Female, which, if you haven't seen it, John, we'll do it. We'll review that this year sometime. I've seen that. Believe it or not, I have seen it, and I wouldn't mind going back watching that over a period of time you know? it, it's, it's a great wow. movie it was so scary because she she is my age so that movie those characters were all my age so i think that's why it was such a so fearful and she's such a different character in this one than in that movie so because right. she's like she's kind of like the in this one i guess what maybe a little bit conniving debutante true i can definitely see that in that way Mm-hmm. But still, I liked how Ben is just minding his own business and everything else, and then you see the mayor's daughter flirting with Ben. But mm-hmm. Ben doesn't—he ha- has his eye on the other woman, though. He has his yep. mind on uh, on Lou, and so you know, he's—he doesn't want anything to do with the mayor's daughter or anything like that. And he's like, "Well, good luck with that," and he gets up and just ignores her and goes on ahead and tries to sit in the same booth and everything and try to talk to her and everything. And yeah. she's just not having it. Uh-uh. She shuts him down so hard. Good for her. <laughs> Make him work for it. <laughs> exactly. 
Because this and is not no Hollywood girl. This is a small town girl. You got to work. Right. And she's work. sitting there reading. She's like, I think, studying for the LSATs because she's going to try and go to law school. So I think when he right. sits down at the booth, she's actually studying, if I recall. Like, yeah, she's they, sitting down. Yeah. yeah. Sitting down like, studying. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, why would you want to go to law school and then come back here? And it's like, uh, you know, he's just so he's so intent on getting out to Beverly Hills. That's all he wants to do. Go make the money. Yeah, that's where the money's at, supposedly. And then also, too, what they're trying to give him for that small town doctor uh, job is not even up to par to what Beverly Hills is going to pay him. So that's why he's actually giving the cold shoulder as well. Yeah. But, you know. For small town people, we take pride in everything, and also too, it doesn't. It's not about the money; it's about what we can do to help other people. So that's also another thing too. Yeah, yeah. it comes did down you, to it. John, did you ever see the show um, Northern Exposure? I've seen the episodes because there's um, okay. So that it it's funny because it's in a small town in Alaska, and, and they don't have a doctor, so they need one. They don't have a lot of money, so they they bring him and what they do is like pay off his medical loan. So, you know, the fact that they don't have a lot of money to pay him, is not, not surprising because it's a small town. So it, it's very, it was a very small amount of money too. Even back then, I think it was what, 20, 28,000 was or 23. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was in the twenties. It so was it like 22,000. And yeah. then, then he's like, Ben's like, no, nah, I don't think so. Well, how about 20? So you went from 22,000 and then you're dropping <laughs> to 20,000. <laughs> and then you can't even have medical insurance because you're the only doctor for a hundred miles. <laughs> exactly. So that's even another thing though, too. So he's like, no. Nah. Don't but get sick, Ben. <laughs> This is another thing I like, though, too, whenever, um, of course, he winds up. This is my other favorite part, though. Whenever he goes into the doctor's office, into the clinic. And nurse, nurse, what's her name? Nurse Packer. Nurse Packer goes in there. because this is your time card. Ching. <laughs> <laughs> Which is illegal to pluck somebody else in and out. But small towns, it don't matter. Anything no. goes. <laughs> No, I don't think he was amused by that at all. She was so tough on him and I loved it because she, you know, it's kind of what I think that I think the tough love that he got from from some of the people like Lou and and Nurse Packer and Dr. Hogue later. But if he deserved that, um, I think it helped shake out his better side as the story moves. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that dynamic with Nurse Packer and Ben. It's so funny. It is. The back and forth bantering between the two of them is really great, especially yeah. when Ben winds up getting that one patient who can't, who he thinks has been going into cardiac arrest. And he tells Nurse Packer, you have to call the doctor. Well, you, as you can see, he does not want to be disturbed. He goes, I don't care. Get him on the damn, on, on the damn phone. Fire up the, you know, is there a helicopter? Get the helicopter. Yeah. First, he wants to get the uh, ambulance and goes, you know what? Never mind. Forget about the ambulance. We need to go ahead, fire up the helicopter instead. And she goes, I'm telling you, calling him is going to be a big mistake. Well, what's going to be a big, big mistake is if uh, we wind up losing this kid who's going into a cardiac arrest. So we have to do something. So then uh, as he's leaving, just call him. So then... He winds up checking on the kid, telling him, hey, look, I'm telling his parents, look, this is what the story is, this is what the situation is. We have to go ahead and ship him up uh, to another hospital. 
and everything because your son's going into cardiac arrest. At that moment, he's also putting the oxygen tank on him. And then also, too, here comes the nurse. She goes, um, that's right. He didn't want her to call him. He didn't want the nurse to call. So all of a sudden, the nurse says, I called him. Because what did I tell you? Then all of a sudden, he goes over there and goes, look, you need to go on ahead, get your FNS over here and everything, and do something about this kid and everything because he's about to die from uh, from cardiac arrest. So at that point, that they wind up, uh, he winds up hanging up on the doctor, and then after that, you see him push the hospital cart outside, and then he's he's waiting on the helicopter, and here comes the doctor going speeding through the small town, and he tells, of course, he winds up telling Ben to give him a coke. So yeah. I'll let you. Oh no! I what I was gonna say is yeah, to give him the coke, and I think that's great. I think that like, I hope that I think that. Like all the medical training he had, he realized that not everything you do is in the books. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just have to rely on sometimes like the old fashioned treatments like that. You know, it's it was what it was. Um, he had reflux or I think it was reflux, right? Yeah, I think it's so, a reflux. Yeah, yeah, when reflux is like it, it can give you actually the feeling of having a heart attack. Um, and so. The guy, and I think it just showed like that Dr. Hogue knew the townspeople. He knew this kid was exactly why, because he's seen him before and he's trying to tell Ben and Ben just thinks he knows everything because he's a young hotshot going to Beverly Hills. And Dr. Hogue was like, see, you were wrong. And I, I like that. I like that because I think it was a really good lesson and I liked it that it was, I liked where it was in the movie too. Cause I really think you can see like uh, the change in Ben you can actually see it from the scenes that were written. This is a really, I think, really well-written comedy. I think the pacing is good. I think the length of the scenes are really good. I think whoever wrote it had a really good handle on how to entertain people. I think so, too. And also gave us a chance to have the vibe of the small town setting. Yeah, and I how love small that. This, I like how the fact that is they actually show us how small this town actually is between Ben walking the pig, between uh, him going to the butcher shop, you have that small town atmosphere that feels very atmospheric mm-hmm. kind of setting, which is something I appreciate because sometimes, you know, some small town settings don't feel like a small town setting. And this does. Every single yeah. thing that you, nothing is misused. Everything is needs to be where it needs to be at. And that's something yeah. that I really liked about this film. But, you know, I like how now Ben has to rely. Sometimes you have to just rely on your own self mm-hmm. instead of your books and everything and go with your own inside doctorate intuition versus yeah. what's in the books. And yeah. another thing I want to mention is this. Now, you know, you're in a small town. If you wind up getting a fishing lure stuck in your hand and if people come up to you and want you to read a letter to them because they can't read. Right. And. This is what makes me laugh. He goes, he, as Ben is reading this, he's like, he doesn't really want to read the letter. He, he feels annoyed that he has to waste his time. But then it starts getting good because he's getting that gossip in. He's, the next thing you know, he makes himself at home. He winds up putting his uh, feet up on yep. the desk and hands, hands the, uh, the patients, the suckers. And uh, as he's telling them this, he goes, yeah, and then there's this Pakistani boyfriend that someone is dating and they don't understand anything that he's saying or anything like that. And then 
it goes into uh, someone having a breakup and other things, and then all of a sudden, it does, then after that, he goes, and so-and-so is spending the night. And then he goes, wait, what about the Pakistani guy? <laughs> he, like, takes his letter and he's like, wait, <laughs> what happened to the Pakistani? Like, wow, we need more. <laughs> I love that. That was so clever. He and was so invested. I know, he becomes so invested. And so do we. I'm like, what happens to him? And that kind of becomes a running joke then throughout. Like, what happened to the Pakistani? Because then he goes to make the, um, well, I don't want to get too far on myself, but then he goes to read the letter the next letter later but what I was gonna say about like you say about the small town feeling is when I was in high school I worked in a diner and if our regulars did not come in we would call them and say like are you okay because we had a lot of elderly people and so if they knew they weren't going to be in the next day they would always tell us if they were going on vacation and the owners of this diner would call to make sure that everybody was okay and that's like that's what I love about this movie because it evokes feelings like that of like that sort of really, you really can't understand it unless you've lived in a really, really small town. Right, exactly. And, you know, then, of course, he winds up saving the pig from being the butcher. <laughs> because I know I keep on bringing the pig up, but I'm jumping around, but I don't care. I'm having fun. No. Okay, but, you, should probably, you should probably tell him how, tell, we should talk about how he gets the pig. Yeah, I'll let you explain that because I've been explaining everything else. So I'll let oh, you take. Okay, that. so he so there's a farmer who comes in and he does um, he fixes the farmer up. I think it's a farmer. That's the that's the um sort of feeling I got. But anyway, he 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 was very very poor man and he didn't have money to pay Ben for the treatment that he got and his foot was better. So he brought him a pig and he's like, I, I can't be in your debt. Take the pig. And so Ben does not want the pig, but he takes the pig and then he starts walking around town and everyone's like, nice pig. <laughs> <laughs> and then at this moment though, Lou winds up finding out that he saved the pig from being butchered. And of course she's a vegetarian, so she doesn't even eat meat. So to know that Ben did something noble, even whenever it wasn't noble, he goes, well, I'm just glad that you went on ahead and saved the pig, um, Jasmine from being chopped up from the butcher. And of course he also left the pig at uh, with the mechanic who winds up taking the pig to the butcher, the butcher to get the money for the I mean, car. car. <laughs> and so at that point, the but he's like, he asked the uh, the assistant mechanic, and he goes, "Where's uh, so and so?" Oh, he went on ahead and went to the um, mechanic. I mean, he went over to the butcher and everything to get um to get the money for your car. He goes, "Why?" So next thing you know, he goes on ahead, goes over to the butcher shop. He goes, "Look." Can I pay you? Do you can do you play uh take plastic? He goes, unless it's in a plastic bag, no. <laughs> goes, but we there's other ways that you can make up for it. How? Next thing you know, he's chopping up meat so that way he can go and pay his debt for this pig, so that way Jasmine can get out of out of the butcher shop. He winds up and saving the pig. <laughs> And the butcher is like, oh, where'd you learn to cut like that? And Ben was like, really? <laughs> you're really good with a knife. How did yeah, you do you're that? you're really good with a knife. Let's <laughs> see, scalpel, maybe? Um, doctor? <laughs> He's really but, fast, though, with that knife, man. Yeah. That thing, he was really good. Got dived right up in there, knocked everything out. Better than what I could do, I can tell you yeah. that. 
I couldn't do that. No, I can barely like cut up chicken off the bone. <laughs> Agreed. For me too. You can even ask Brandy on that one. But, <laughs> but you know, I like that whole entire bit. And then of course he winds up taking the pig back over to Lou's house for their date to go meet the mayor. Of course, this is also Lou's first time ever sitting foot in the mayor's house and everything. And you can tell that things are a little bit, you know, at first it seemed like they were a little bit too tight. You know what I mean? Like they're really not the laid back chill kind of people or anything like that. They're more of, I am the rich people of the town and look at me. Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Woody Harrelson's all about getting out of the town and, mm -hmm. Discovering who his self is everything, and trying to make something out of himself versus being stuck in this town. So he's kind of like Ben, but also to not being the sleazeball that Ben is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that he he kind of comes across as kind of a little bit of a I don't I don't want to say he's a jerk because he's not really a jerk. But I think they kind of he kind of plays it up that way a little bit. So we don't feel bad when Lou rejects him, I think might be why. But I mean, he's talking about leaving, but um, he's talking about going to L.A. And he's kind of like, you know, kind of a, you know, wants to I think he wants to be a hot shot kind of, you know what I mean? Right. More like than a hot just, shot lawyer type. Yeah, something okay. like that, or just like the you know own his own real like uh, real estate company. Right. insurance? I can't remember what he did. Insurance Either insurance or real estate, one of the yeah. Other. But so I think, he, way I think yeah, I think he wants to move to a bigger city and just have a much bigger, um, uh, I guess customer base. You would call it so. Uh, but it's funny because he makes a comment about he doesn't trust vegetarians or something, and in real life. He is, he's vegan and he's, I think he's been vegan for probably most of his adult life. So that was kind of an inside joke when he made that. And I think that was at the dinner. I think it was at, yeah, it was at the mayor's dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And, because he ends up looking at Lou and he goes, you know what? I don't trust vegetarians. I don't, I don't trust people that eat meat. Yeah. And, and, he, that, and he does. <laughs> Yeah. But then you have the whole entire thing where the doctor also got drunk at the mayor's house, who's quoting Walt Whitman. Well, Whitman. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, well, if he gets really drunk, he's going to do a long one. <laughs> now, that was funny because it's like, here's, the, here's this drunk doctor just reciting Walt Whitman poems and everybody's kind of like, oh, you know, that's just, it's so funny because they're all just so matter of fact about the weirdness that happens. And that's what I love about him. They're like, you know, they just kind of embrace their own weirdness. And I love that. Right. And you know what else is uh, great though, too? Finding an exciting new, uh, new ways to actually shave your balls. Yeah. 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 You see, this is what Ben should have used and everything. <laughs> if you're a doctor and you want to get the smooth edges on your balls, this is the tool that you need. Matter of fact, Manscaped just launched their four-generation performance package. This ultimate package includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0 Manscaped, the leader male grooming, have done it again. To make your grooming next level, join the 4, 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the new performance package 4.0, by going to manscaped.com. For 20% off plus free shipping with the code Movie Lovers Unite. And this performance package is even is even better and everything too. Even Ben himself couldn't even agree more. 
which shaving the wrong tool will actually put a lot of people into the ER and and you don't want to actually explain why you cut your balls or anything like that. Mm -hmm. That's why you need this 4.0 for this manscape. And, you know, like I said, this 4.0 lawnmower 4.0 weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver, toner, performance, boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. That's everything that it comes with with the performance package for the 4.0 manscape. And also, too, first off, the new performance package 4.0 includes the new lawnmower 4.0. The trimmer is, a, is insane, and I dare I say the greatest ball trimmer ever. Yeah, I said it. Their four-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge somatic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology, the lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor and new multifunction on and off switch can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000 LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shape. That's right. You want to be able to shave with the best, and you know what? Shaving with the best tool when you're in the dark and everything, and you just want to get to those dark edges is the best way to go about with that LED light and everything, so that way you don't have to explain to Ben why you're in the ER. So I mentioned this (laughs) trimmer is waterproof too, which is even better because you don't want to be electrocuted while you're shaving your balls. You thought that was a... you thought that was good, but want to take your grooming a game even further to the next level? The performance package 4.0 also includes the weed whacker to chop your worst weeds up, pop in your nose and ear. The weed whacker is also a waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor powered 360 degrees rotary dual blade system. This nose and ear trimmer provides for skin safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs and delicate holes. Seal the deal with Manscaped liquid formulations. This crop preserver ball deodorant for for be before leaving the house and crop preserver ball toner for a mid-game ball check. Trust me when I say, fellas, your balls will thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to tell you this. Check out their uh, their shampoo and their and stuff like that too, because I actually use the shampoo shampoo and everything. I never want to leave the shower because of what's in it. It's all natural ingredient, ingredients like aloe vera and among other stuff that's inside it and everything. I promise you this. You will never leave the shower because of this uh, for the conditioner and shampoo. I strongly uh, recommend it. Also, to get 20% off plus free shipping and, uh, with the code movieloversnight at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping and handling at, Mans- at movieloversnight. So now back to the show. <laughs> So, uh, let's see here. Like I said before, I feel like Woody Harrelson's character is very good in this film. And also, too, even the girl who's actually fanboying basically Ben and everything, too. Because basically, she wants, she's curious. She's curious at what's life outside of her small town. Yeah. As well. So, I like yeah. that aspect. Yeah. I mean, she clearly wants to leave. I think she's bored. I mean, Nancy, I think, was her name. Um, yeah, I think she was, I think she's just kind of bored in that town, I guess, if you have higher aspirations. And here comes a good looking doctor who is going to go make a lot of money because probably in Beverly Hills as a, um, a cosmetic doctor, you're probably making more money than anybody, except for maybe some celebrities and producers and stuff. I mean, it's a lot of money to be had. And back then, that kind of work, you didn't find it in like people had to find you and so there's real money in it back then and there still is i'm sure so i think she probably was like oh he's cute and you know i'm gonna go after him 
but they didn't make it in such a way that it was like, you know, you didn't, you didn't love it, but you weren't like, oh, she's evil or anything like that. She was still a likable character. All the characters are still, they didn't, except for maybe Ben, he grew on you. They were all pretty likable. Right. And they're relatable and likable. And also too, at this point, Ben is also starting to fall for Lou. Oh, yeah. He's also not wanting to leave the town. As a matter of fact, he winds up sneaking out and everything after the whole entire festival is done and over with. He winds up trying to sneak out of the town, and then that's when he winds up finding uh, this couple who's about to receive a baby. Mm-hmm. And he winds up uh, basically in the back of the car. That's when he winds up getting the baby and everything and puts him in his shirt. And he realizes that he can't leave. This town yeah. is attached to him. But yeah. also, too, he does wind up leaving, but he winds up coming back. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that, I think that he, I think he really had his sights set on his dream of moving to Beverly Hills. And then when he, when he does, it may, it doesn't turn out to be what he, what he had hoped for. Although his fucking, oh, pardon my French, well, his apartment is, is a, <laughs> now we're PG 13. <laughs> <laughs> That apartment, though, right? Am I wrong? That apartment right. in L.A. I mean, come on. That thing is fabulous. Who wouldn't want to He's got everything that? he's ever wanted. I mean, also, too, another thing I want to mention is this. Um, he, what winds up happening, too, when he's trying to leave, uh, he also winds up, uh, after a short hesitation, he stops to help during the delivery. Okay. Ben's porch is also, once again, damaged when a fatigue carnival truck driver knocks into it. So after all this work is done, his porch is now destroyed. The townspeople feel bad for him. So what do they do? They buy him a plane ticket up to, over to California, over to Beverly Hills. And then, of course, I love this scene, though. Whenever Ben is sitting down across from the other doctor in Beverly Hills, yes, he has the condo. He has everything he wants. But he still has an emptiness about him inside that apartment, just like how the apartment is also empty. It is. Sense, which also explains his emptiness for the town because of the girl that he loves. Yeah. But the other thing I really liked was how the other doctor in that town recommended Ben to that big time doctor and said that you yeah. would do the, be doing the right thing by hiring Ben and do a disservice if you don't hire him. Yeah. Well, and I thought what's interesting, though, is I thought – like he was there for an interview and it was, I, I guess I kind of thought he already had the job, but I guess he, 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 you realize later on that he really was just going for the interview part. And then, um, and then you have George, um, George Hamilton plays that doctor, which is so funny because his whole kind of claim to fame is like that tan. He always had a tan and that's what everybody kind of like, that's kind of what it was. What's kind of funny about him, and he's and he always had work done, and he was very famously known for having work done. So it's kind of funny that he plays this tan doctor who has had work done. I don't know. It's kind of funny. I think it's probably more clever in the '90s than today, since maybe people don't really remember who he is, or some people wouldn't know who he was. But at any rate, yeah, I, and you're right. I it's it's a good point about how different his like his apartment is very cold like it's not at all like that little cabin that he was staying in for sure you know you're right there's like nothing in it but like just furniture and it's shiny and new and it's it feels very empty feels very empty very hollow feels like the same way that Ben feels then of course what I like about this though too this is how you know good small town people are the way they are 
is, of course, when Hank and Nancy arrive in Los Angeles to bring Ben's repaired car with them. And Hank tells Ben that he and Lou broke off the engagement, but returns to Grady uh, and reclines with her. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, I mean, so I, I want to just go go back one minute and, and say that that scene where they buy him the plane ticket where he's about to say, I'm going to stay. And then they're like, no, we got you this plane ticket. And then he walks off and everybody's like, it's kind of really a sad moment because they really don't, even though he's been kind of a poo head sometimes, sometimes, and he's warmed up, he, everybody's really sad to see him go. And I think he feels sadness in that moment, you know, and it's almost like he wants to say, no, no, I don't want it. But you know, the kindness of everybody to to step in and buy that plane ticket was was such a nice gesture. And I think he did really appreciate it. And I like that. That was like one of my that another one of my favorite scenes was just like him leaving and and then and then, you know, comes back and and then he's got the girl and the pig and <laughs> And they live happily ever after. And everybody lives happily ever after. <laughs> but another thing I have to laugh at is when they're fixing his car, and then Ben walks in, and all the parts are all over the place. And he goes, what the hell are you doing? No. And he goes, Doc, look, I know everything looks a mess and everything, but how would you feel if some if you were removing a liver? And, you know, how would you feel if you're someone's removing a liver and, so, and then somebody just walked in on you and all the parts are laid out? <laughs> he goes, give us a chance to do our jobs. And that's all I'm asking. And Ben is hesitant still, but he still winds up letting him do his job. And of course, the urinating uh, scene as well. Oh, with gosh, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. The where they're like peeing everywhere. <laughs> and by the way, guys, if you're wondering what we're talking about, in order for you not to, in order for deer hunters not to track deer you have to throw the deer off the track so therefore what lou and ben do is this they wind up peeing in different areas so that way the deer don't walk on the track that the uh, hunters want them to walk on so that's why they're urinate, urinating everywhere yeah that's funny um, my neighbor actually so i'm not in a super small town but i'm in a small enough town that my neighbor um just shot uh he did a boat bow hunt he got a deer and it ran through our backyard and my husband had to take the four-wheeler and drag it out a couple weeks ago <laughs> so i mean just to put in perspective that i'm not in a really big town <laughs> i live in the country <laughs> i do too I, I live maybe about 20 minutes away from my town and also 20 minutes away from losing from the Louisiana uh, okay line. yeah we're so like I'm in about, between I, I would say I'm about 40, 45 minutes outside of Milwaukee, but I'm far, far enough north that um, I'm in a town and I'm about 10 minutes from 10 minutes from from like the downtown center, maybe 15. So it's not su but it's not super, super far away, but it's also not like super close. We have more deer than neighbors. Hey, what's going on, Anthony? This is Anthony from ACS uh, ACS Universe. Go on ahead and check out his YouTube channel. He has a lot of interesting stuff going on on his YouTube channel and stuff like that. Thanks, man. What's a, what's good, man? <laughs> We're gonna have to do a show one day. Again, I would like that. But uh, you know, this film is really good. Um, there's nothing bad I can say about Doc Hollywood other than the fact that you know people just need to go on and check this out. It's a golden yeah. gem if you haven't seen Doc Hollywood. Um, like I said, this movie came out in 1991. 
And of course, there's also the other scene too, where Lou and ben, where Ben winds up finding Lou, and of course, she's also uh, skinny dipping. Yeah, that's a that's cute a- scene. But yeah, that's actually another good scene. But I think unnecessary spam comments delete and block. Thank you, Charlie, so much. This is why Thanks, I appreciate Charlie. you as my co-host. This Hi, Charlie. Why I appreciate you as my co-host. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, that's everything as far as this review goes. Yeah. But but yeah, um, I do appreciate you taking the time out of your night to talk about Doc Hollywood, though. This Thank is, you. This is always fun. I would say if you want to just watch something that you know. Just something that's it's not going to take up a lot of space in your head. It's just a really enjoyable, sweet movie. Watch it. it. It's still relatable, and you'll like it. It's a good movie, and it's Michael J. Fox. He's so cute. He still is cute, I'm sure, but he's so cute in this movie. <laughs> well, guys, uh, Beth, where can everybody follow you at? Well, you can follow me. Our socials are on Twitter. We're at TV Movie Club Pod One. On Facebook, we're Made for TV Movie Club Podcast. Instagram, we are Made for TV Movie Club underscore. And let me see if I get this right. Right there, you can hashtag us at MFTM MFTVMC Podcast, and you can listen to us on. We're on most of the podcast channels like Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Oh, and we're on Amazon Music now, so you can find us there. Yeah, thanks for having me on again, John. By the way, anytime. It's been a while. I'm glad that we got a minute to catch up and talk some Doc Hollywood. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Um, A matter of fact, guys. Okay, so February third, I'm actually going to be having Eric Fletcher from Dexter. He's going to be on. He was actually the cameraman, the SOC from the original Dexter series. So I'm going to be having him on the channel February 3rd, interviewing him. And then, of course, I'm also going to be doing a indie movie review of the movie Game Day. So I'm going to be doing that on February 1st. And then also, too, I'm going to be having an inter- independent comic book writer and on the show tomorrow night as well. We're going to be doing the Batman all of uh, the Halloween movie that, that came out. So I can't wait to talk about that. So, of course, guys, go on ahead and follow me underneath Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Facebook, underneath the same brand name on Instagram and on Pinterest as well. If you want to donate to us, how do you do that? Just go to gofundme.com forward slash movie lovers podcast. That's how you can donate five to ten dollars, of course, to us. But if you don't want to, that's okay. Set, click in that like button, click in that share button, click in that subscribe button, and also smashing that. Uh, that other where the bill is and everything also allows you guys to know when we have something new here at Movie Lovers Tonight. Also, too, also teamed up with Two Blur Girls Podcast. Once again, this is our last day to do our Treasures of St. Jude's fundraiser. So if you want to get yourself a Scentsy and get buy 5 to $10 worth of Scentsy stuff and all proceeds go over to the Children of St. Jude's Hospital, go on ahead. We definitely would appreciate that. If you guys can't, that's okay, too. Then, of course, you guys can go on ahead and follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter. And, of course, underneath the same name on TikTok as well at Movie Lovers Unit Zero. And if you're a sponsor or would like to be on the show, just reach out to me at MovieLoversUnite at gmail.com. That's everywhere that you can reach me at. And also, too, another thing that we would like to say is this. Go over to Good Pods. Good Pods is basically social media for us as podcasters. Rate us, and you can also rate individual episodes. For us and everything and we can also reply back to y'all's comments and everything too so it makes us feel more like a community if you love listening to podcasts or if you're a podcaster yourself go on ahead try out good pods i strongly recommend it but also too another thing is too 
go on ahead, go under Apple Podcasts, rate both of our shows on Apple Podcasts and also too on Spotify as well, because now Spotify allows you to be able to rate our show. So go on ahead, do all that stuff. It helps people to find us. And thanks again, Anthony. Thanks, Charlie, for everything you do over here at Moving Lovers Tonight. I do appreciate it. And yes, we are definitely going to have to team up again soon, Anthony. And always until next time, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. 